Well, I am thrilled to have privilege to preach at Southwest Baptist Church again. I, I really do love to preach. I'm thankful that God touched me and called me. And then he's the one that equipped me. And I'm grateful for his goodness to me. And so I love to do this. And so and I enjoy preaching concerning Christmas. I do. I'd love to do this. So turn to Luke chapter 2. As you turn there, if you would stand, we stand to give reverence and honor to the eternal, infallible, inerrant. It is the perfect, preserved word of the living God is why we stand. And I've been asking people to do this now uh, somewhere around 30 years uh, to stand, to remind us, to give reverence, and so on. Uh, before we read, I do want to say I'm grateful for Pastor Gaddis to give me privilege to do this, especially while he's away, because uh, he knows I have tendency to get off track on some things. So anyway, I'm glad he lets me do this. Also, I'm thankful for Southwest Baptist Church. Uh, I'm considered one of the missionaries that travel around, and I'm grateful for the support that the church gives us. It's a huge help to us, and we're very, very thankful for that. And then the church uh, just gave us a Christmas gift, and we're very grateful for that. I don't know if everybody got $25,000 or not, but we're very, <laughs> very grateful I didn't get 25, but I don't know who did. But anyway, it was, anyway, I'm very thankful for that. And then uh, Nancy and I, last year in March, and uh, we decided that through this leadership of God, uh, that it's time to get another vehicle. We had 372,000 miles on our old Suburban. And I, I loved that car. I loved how it looked. I, I felt like going down the road. It, had everything together, but just by God's leadership and some friends helping, we got a different vehicle, and Southwest Baptist gave us a special offering to help us with that. Uh, we did have to borrow some money. Our first payment was in May, and it wasn't, it's just a small request, but we were asking God, it would be a blessing if we could pay the car off before January got here. And uh, last week we were able to pay the car off because of kindness of God's people and churches and his goodness to us. And we're very thankful for that. So blessed. And uh, so I wanted to say to you, I'm grateful for your support for us, but I'm grateful for your prayer for us. And it... uh, is greatly needed and appreciated. So thank you very, very much. I uh, enjoy preaching Christmas messages and so on. And I, I, I don't know if I have a favorite. I think I do. But if it's not, it's really close to my favorite is concerning the shepherds. And some years ago, I preached here concerning the shepherds and uh You know, I used to feel uncomfortable about preaching like the same kind of sermon or the same thing. Again, I don't feel bad about that anymore because I actually don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. And so (laughs) it's okay with me. And then I know that we love, we love, oh, holy night. And we could hear it over and over and over. And I love all the events surrounding the birth of our Savior. And I could hear him over and over and over. And uh, I'm looking forward to trying to get some of this across again. I hope it'll be a help and a blessing to you. And it'll bring glory to God. And so Luke chapter 2, we begin with verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. The same country is where Joseph and Mary are. They're in a stable, and she gives birth in that same area. These shepherds 
keeping watch. Verse 9, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Let me just tell you, as a kid, I've been in church my entire life. We did uh, Christmas plays nearly every year, and we had the little manger up there, the little wooden box thing. And I didn't know a manger was a, like a, a trough that cows and animals ate out of. I didn't know that. I thought all mangers looked like that little thing. I didn't know. And now every time I read the word manger, my brain still sees that little thing. I don't see a food trough for a, a donkey. But that's what it is. Anyway, Verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying, saying, saying abroad the same which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Let me pray, please. Our great God, we sure do love you. And we thank you so much for loving us and for proving that you love mankind and you love us sinners. Thank you. Thank you for the promise that we're reading about tonight that you gave back in Genesis. And we still enjoy and revel in what you did for us. Thank you. I pray that you would Help me tonight. Help me to communicate, to get across part of this event that it would, uh, it would make sense to us. And it would, uh, if it needs to, that it would help us, encourage us, that we would find great joy and satisfaction and just opportunity to honor you and surrender and submit to you for what you've done. I pray that these characters, these shepherds, uh, that you would help me just describe some of this and what you did with them and for them, through them. God, that it would, uh, it would help us in our walk with you. If there's anyone that's not saved tonight, they're not sure they're forgiven. Would you touch them and help them understand they can be forgiven? You want to forgive them? I pray they'd say yes to you. So we sure do love you. We thank you for what we've already enjoyed tonight. And I want to thank you for what you're about to do. And Jesus really... Really look forward to when we get to see you. And it's in your mighty and holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The shepherds. Think of them. Uh, they, in their, in their period of history... They were still, they were the lowly people. They were the lowliest of the low commoners. It's not a, 
job even the shepherds were not hoping that their children would grow up and be shepherds like them. The shepherds are not generally not the owners of the sheep. They're just hirelings. They work for someone who owns the sheep. Shepherds, there's no prestige, no praise. Shepherds make manual salary. There's no 401k, no health insurance, no dental insurance. One Hebrew expositor of Psalm 23, he wrote this about the shepherd. He said, there is no more disreputable occupation than a shepherd. In the first century, Philo, he wrote, they are lowly and inglorious. They have no fame, no honor. They're shameful. They're degrading. They're even despicable. Shepherds were hirelings. And if you kind of defined hireling, you would come to it and you would say it's a person who serves for hire and they often have inappropriate motives. They had a horrible, horrible reputation. Jeremiah's a historian quotes a rabbinical source that says most of the shepherds were dishonest and thieves. They went months without supervision. They lived most of the year outside. They were accused of stealing the increase. Often people were warned, do not buy milk, do not buy wool, don't buy any lambs, don't buy any kids from shepherds because you can assume that it's stolen. They were not allowed to hold any public office. In fact, they were not allowed to be a witness in any trial. You couldn't trust them. Mercy. And when the Prince of Glory is going to be birthed, there's no pomp and circumstances there. And God has let Joseph and Mary know. And through the filling of the Holy Ghost, Elizabeth knows, and I guess Zacharias believes Elizabeth. These four people now... Joseph has parents, Mary has parents, and I know they're trying to convince them, no, 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 this is real, this is real, this, this is a virgin birth. Perhaps the parents believe them. But when God decided that he's going to let the planet know that Messiah has arrived He passes all the scholars, all the super spiritual, all those who've been begging and praying for the Messiah, and they've been asking God to bring him. Please bring him. Even Simeon said, I'm not going to, God's told me I'm not going to die until I see him. But God didn't tell Simeon, okay, here he is. Not like he told the first ones he told. The shepherds. Incredible, isn't it? It's just, you can't get over it. It's dark. It doesn't tell us how many shepherds. I guess it's not necessary that we know. But I know there's more than one because there is an S. So there's some shepherds. I, get, I don't know when it's evening and the sheep are, whatever they're doing, lying around out there. Do all the shepherds kind of congregate 
fellowship around the fire, eat. Wow. I don't know how many are there. I, I, I want to say there's, I don't know, five or six. It might just be three or four. It could be 10 or 12. I don't know. But I know there's some there. And I know none of them were expecting what happened. Wow. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the Bible says, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. They're minding their own business, they're talking, they're sipping, they're eating, they're just there. The glory of the Lord is there. I'm thinking it's kind of bright. I'm thinking that these shepherds are aware this is not normal. The Bible says they're terribly, they're so afraid. You know, I think they have good reason to be afraid. You know, um, I, they're shepherds. I doubt that they know a whole lot of Bible verses. They, they, may, they may be good students of the Scriptures or of what they heard in the synagogue and what they've heard in the teaching time. I, it's not likely, but it may be. It's maybe. But this is... They are so afraid. It says, the glory of the Lord shone round about them. That glory thing, uh, this glory belongs to God. It says, the glory of the Lord. And so, we call it the Shekinah. It's a glowing, luminous brilliance or bright cloud type thing. The word Shekinah is not in the Bible, but the word Shekinah is an English transliteration of uh, the dwelling or the settling. When it first happened, this first dwelling, this first settling, is when the children of Israel come out of the Egypt and God is going to lead them with a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night. Is everybody with me? That dwelling, that cloud, that dwelling, when you transliterate that, the Hebrew people called it the Shekinah. This glowing, this cloud that's there. Noah Webster says this, it is... Clear, it's bright shining, it's brightness, it's luster, it's splendor. Exodus 30, uh, no, uh, yeah, Exodus 33 says, It came to pass as Moses entered to the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. The children of Israel saw that happen, and all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle, and the people, they rose up and worshiped. Isby, which is International Bible Encyclopedia, it says the form in which Jehovah reveals himself or is the sign and manifestation of his presence. And so when the Shekinah, when this glory of the Lord shows up, it causes fear. They were startled. They have good reason to be afraid. They're in the presence of God. Mercy. In the scriptures, when someone met up with God, it struck fear in their hearts. In fact, Exodus 20 talks about, and all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the mountains smoking. They removed and stood afar off, and they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. They had good reason to be afraid. 
Isaiah says he saw the Lord high and lifted up and he said, Woe is me. Ezekiel says this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell upon my face. Daniel says, I saw this great vision. There remained no more strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption. I retained no strength. These yahoos today that say they met up with God and they talk about they did fist bumps and chest bumps and they had this great time. They didn't meet the God of the Bible. Because anybody that gets in the presence and the glory of God, it strikes fear in their soul and their heart. And most of them have no strength and they find themselves bowing before God. These shepherds saw the glory of the Lord is what the Bible says. Matthew, when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, it says a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, the voice out of the cloud which said this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye Him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. He says, at midday, O King, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them that journeyed with me. And when we all were fallen to the earth, the revelation says his head and his hair white like wool, as white as snow, his eyes as a flame of fire, his feet fine brass as if they burn in a furnace and his voice as a sound of many waters. And John says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. I'm telling you, these shepherds have good reason to be afraid. So I'll just say it out loud to every one of us in this room. One day, every one of us, every one of us will stand before God. There will be an account given. And there's good reason to be nervous. Yeah. If you're not saved, the great white throne, friend, it's not a chance to get saved. The great white throne is a reality that God says, I never knew you. And sends you out into the abyss of hell. Wow. The scripture says we all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Every one of us will give account of himself to God. Every man's work will be made manifest. The day shall declare it. Friends, tonight I tell you, when the glory of the Lord shone round about them, they had good reason to be sore afraid. Did they know it was the glory of the Lord? Well, they know this is not earthly. They know this is something totally, they weren't expecting something that is totally different. And this angel of the Lord tells them, Fear not. Hey, hey, hey. You have good reason to be afraid, but right now you don't have to be afraid. I got some good news for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mercy. He tells them there's good reason that you don't have to be afraid. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. You don't have to be afraid. The Savior's here. Hallelujah. <laughs> I love it. The angel told Joseph, you call his name, thou shalt call his name Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. Somebody say amen. He's the Savior. He's the Deliverer. Deliverer from what? From our sins. Somebody say amen. If you have no sin, you don't need a Savior. Everybody needs a Savior, evidently. Amen. He's identified as Christ, the Lord. He's qualified to be the Savior. Amen. Christ, he's the anointed one. He's, he's the Hebrew Messiah. 
He's the promised one. He fulfills all promises ever since Adam and Eve back in Genesis 3.15. He fulfills all these promises. The Messiah's here. He's Christ, the Lord. Amen. The Lord, the supreme power, authority, ruler, owner, master. He's the one that's in control of humans. He's master. He's the Lord. Amen. That's the title given to God, the Messiah, the Lord. I love it. Verse 10. The angels said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I'm still overwhelmed. Every time, every time I look at that page, every time someone brings it up, I'm overwhelmed that the people that God chooses to tell first are despicable. They're known to be liars and thieves. God says, the people I want to tell first are these shepherds. I don't know if you're paying attention really, but shepherds don't have a large closet full of clothes. Yeah. They live outside most all the time. They're not really big into hygiene. Probably don't use combs or brushes very often. Their hair would be matted, dirty. I don't think they use product <laughs> on their hair. I don't think hygiene was big on their list. No dentist for them. If you're a grown person, you're in your late 30s or 40s, maybe 50s, and you've been a shepherd your whole life, it's very likely you don't have a full set of teeth. So I would say if you've got five shepherds, you might have a set of teeth between all five of them. <laughs> and God says, hey, angel of the Lord, this is where I want you to go. A group of men right there. On that fire, I want you to tell them. And these guys are startled and they are scared. And the angel says, Fear not. I don't know how many seconds that takes to say, Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to take a minute. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The good, the good news. Hey, hey guys, I'm here to bring you good news. Ladies and gentlemen, the best news humanity has ever heard is the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's great love and His plan to redeem humanity. Bless His holy name. And the angel says, I'm bringing you guys right here, you liars, you thieves, you dirty fellas, you with no product in your hair, you that are missing a couple of teeth, I'm bringing you some good news. It's great news, folks. There's no better news and that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He says, I bring you good news of great joy, good tidings of great joy. 
Isn't it true, folks, us that know Jesus, there is no greater joy than knowing you're forgiven of your sin. There's no greater joy in knowing that when he died, he died for you. There's no greater joy in knowing I don't need to be nervous about eternity. I have forgiveness of sin. I'm going to live in heaven with my Savior. No greater joy. It's just almost sad that we can get over it. God forgive us. We should never tire of telling someone the good news. If we don't tell them about them, tell them, tell them the good news of what we got. Just tell them, explain to them the great joy that God gave us because of this good news. I do love it that it says in verse 10, which shall be to all people. Hallelujah. The good news is for everybody. It's not just for sinners and liars and thieves and dirty people. Oh, no, it's for kings too. It was for Herod. It's for Agrippa. It's for everybody. It's for soldiers. It's for centurions. It's for teachers. It's for carpenters. It's for everybody. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Amen. I know the whole world is invited to salvation. He's not willing that any should perish, for whosoever shall call. I know those verses, but I will tell you what is one of my favorite things in this night where these shepherds met this angel of the Lord is when the angel of the Lord says to them in verse 2, I bring you good tidings, verse 11, for unto you. I love it. I, I know, I know salvation's for everybody, but the angel of the Lord lets these guys know it's for you. And ladies and gentlemen, tonight, if I called you by name, I say to you tonight, it's for you tonight. Jesus didn't come just for a blanket thing. He came for individuals. He's after you. He knows your name. He loves you. He died for you. He's the Savior for you. Amazing, amazing what happens in verse 14. Or verse 13. And suddenly, there was with the angel... It's already, it's already crowded. One angel, the glory of the Lord, it's already full. But then the skies just, it's a multitude of heavenly hosts. Incredible. It's just, I, have you I know that we know what storms are and you're going down the highway and you, out of the corner of your eye you see this big flash over there. I'm wondering if the city of Bethlehem saw it. Like, what is that? That's the longest lightning bolt ever. It wasn't for one second. It took a couple of seconds to say glory to God in the highest. <laughs> On earth, peace, goodwill toward men, mercy. I think this is fascinating. It's something that I think we ought to at least pay attention to. Verse 10 says, which shall be to all people. Verse 11 says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. It's personal. But then verse 12, and this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe. What? Evidently, we're going to go look at him. They didn't know they were. They weren't expecting to go anywhere. But the angel said to them, hey, 
This will be a sign to you. You're going to find the babe. <laughs> We're going to go. I, I guess. I reckon we are. Isn't that something? The first people on the planet, other than Mary and Joseph, and if they had a helper, the Bible doesn't record it, but are some lowly shepherds. Wow. The angel said, you're going to find him. So they're going to go. So let's go ahead and do this. These angels are this heavenly host praising God, saying glory to God in the highest. You know, it's obvious to me in my head anyway, it's obvious that the heavenly host, when Gabriel left heaven and none of the angels, they don't all know us. And if they have opportunity to watch what happens, where's he going? What's he going to do? And he goes down and he sees Zacharias. Well, that's pretty, that's, that's good. That's a good. He's going to be the forerunner. So the Messiah is going to be there soon. Then six months later, Gabriel goes back and the angels are going, hey, what's going on? Hey, he's going, hey, he's, he's going to marry a little bitty town, Nazareth. Wow. I don't know if that's all visible to them or not. I don't know. But I, in my head, I'm thinking, if anybody would know that God deserves the glory, it would be the heavenly host that says, our great God is after humans. He loves them. He sent his son to the earth. Glory to God in the highest. He deserves all the praise, all the glory, all the recognition. I don't know if you're getting this or not. If angels understand he deserves the glory, surely sinners that have been forgiven ought to realize he deserves the glory. If anybody ought to give him glory and recognize him and give him praise, it ought to be us that know him rather than we have to pull it out of you and yank it out of you and kick in their shins and say, somebody say, amen. You know, well, not me. I don't do this. I don't give glory like that out loud. I'm in here. Yeah, you make me uncomfortable. <laughs> you get excited about everything else. You don't feel bad about telling about your grandchildren. An absolute stranger. We first got our grandchild, Addie, came along, and Nancy is showing absolute strangers in the airport, sitting down there. Uh, we have a grandbaby. She was just, Nancy, they don't care about your grandbaby. Well, I don't care. I care about it. It's embarrassing. Except it's not to her. And it ought not be embarrassing for us to say glory to God in the highest. His son Jesus came here for me. Praise his holy name. Mercy sings. On earth, peace. Finally, there is a way for earth humans to have peace, and that's through Jesus Christ. He's the only opportunity for us to have peace with God and peace of God. Amen. I thought this was, I just like the picture anyway, goodwill toward men. On earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Peace would give, would be obvious if we got peace from God, it would be goodwill toward us. It's obvious. But I do like to, to single it out. Then he says, goodwill toward. My brain, I know the Bible doesn't say this, and it's, but it's just what my brain pictures is that that heavenly host, all of them have a bow and arrow 
on their person. And they have got the arrow pulled, the bow pulled back, the arrow in its string, and they're saying, goodwill toward men. He's pointing his arrow of goodwill, peace, salvation toward all humanity. God has his arrow pointed at you tonight. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have goodwill. He wants you to be yielded and surrendered to him, committed to him. He wants you to give him glory, give him praise. Well, did the shepherds believe what the angel said? This is incredible to me. I love this. Verse 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. (laughs) It's dark as fast as it got light. All they hear now is the breathing of each other. What do you say after that happens? I know me, I would say, did you see that? (laughs) Did you hear that? That's me. I don't know what the shepherd said, but I do know one thing they said. Let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass. What's this? Which the Lord hath made known unto us. The shepherds knew the message was from God. They weren't supposing that they all were seeing the same hallucination. It wasn't, they knew that this message is God's message. Let's go see what God has made known unto us. So, I have a question. What about the sheep? Okay, Bob, you have to stay here, and the rest of us are going. Uh-uh. Bob ain't staying. Amen? Let us go. Let us now go. They, they all went. Uh, I don't think these guys own the sheep. They work for somebody. You know what I got to thinking? Is that there are things that are more important than your job. There are things more important than some money. There are some things that are more important than what your boss has to say. I don't know if you're getting this or not. There are some things that are more important than what your family says. There are some things that are more important than the ball game. There are some things more important than the the pressure of the crowd or the mob. There are some things more important than me. And when you hear from God, and you know that this is God, I don't know if you're getting this, if you know that this is God's word, somebody's got to stand up and say, this is more important than what anybody else says. But we are so easily duped that we put all kinds of stuff in front of what God says. Some yahoos that don't have church on, on the Lord's day, Because it's like Christmas? That's insane. It's still the Lord's day. That's insane. No, 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 no. 
family. You got, you know, some things are just a little more important than, you know, excuse me. So since you brought it up, it bothers me how many parents feel like, no, no, the word of God's there, but my, they got this ball game. <laughs> wow. We're traveling. We're going to go to Texas and they play down there. We're going to spend the money, go there. I don't Good night. They're nine years old. They need to have this experience. Is anybody getting any of this? There are some things more important than what my nine-year-old needs to experience. When I started writing the list, I almost couldn't stop. God's word's more important than my dreams, than my goals. It's more important than the fad. I know this. Nobody was going to keep these shepherds from headed. They don't have a star. They just know he's in a stable somewhere. And I'm pretty sure there's more than one in Bethlehem. But the Bible said, I love what the Bible says. They came with haste. I don't know if you know what haste is. It's not the name of their dog. It's something like this. I think they were in a hurry to go see what God made known unto them. And wasn't anything going to prevent that. No, no, no. It wasn't their sheep. Are they horrible shepherds? I don't know if they're thieves, liars. I know that's the stereotype. But I know this. There's, these sheep are going to have to make it on their own for a while because there's something more important. What God has to say is more important. They get there, and it's just like the angel of the Lord said. There's a young girl and a young man and a baby. Five shepherds. Stink. Not attractive. Not someone that we're looking forward to coming in on Sunday. Sit down with us. Five shepherds. 32 teeth. And they get to see Christ, the Lord, the Savior, that's for them. I know we talk about having a worship service, but I think those shepherds, even though they may have never been defined and never been taught and never had experience, really a service like that, that night... They knew what worship was. And when you meet with God, you realize that he loves you. And you say yes to him like these shepherds did. You can't help it. You have to go tell everybody. They, they told anybody they could get an audience with. You won't believe this. I know you're not going to believe it, but... It, this angel, there it was, he told us that everything he told us, was, he's here. The Savior's here. Christ the Lord's here. We saw him. I don't know if it was Brother Ted this morning, might have been, that it's never recorded any throngs went to see Jesus. Did people believe the shepherds? Surely some did. But it doesn't matter if they did or not. They went ahead and told them. Because of what God had done for them. 
It does say that people wondered what the shepherds told them. Uh, and defining the word wonder, looking it up in the dictionary and uh, Strong's and so on, it does say that it's uh, majestic, that it's great, exhilarating. But if you don't do anything about it, it doesn't matter how majestic it is. Do we quit telling them because they don't do anything about it? Or do you think the shepherds the rest of their life say, you won't believe what I'm getting ready to tell you? I believe the shepherds learned that night that glory to God in the highest is something we need to surrender to submit to and make it part of our life if you're not saved I got such good news the good tidings are for you too if you've not trusted Christ I'm telling you tonight he came for you it's to all people and you're, you can't be more lowly than a shepherd. He came for you. You just have to admit you need a Savior. People that don't admit it don't get one. But if you would admit you need a Savior, He wants to be your Savior tonight. And us that know Him, oh my goodness, these shepherds are such an illustration that they're nobody. They're the insignificant. But they, they gave glory to God. And they told everybody they could. I ask you to stand. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'd like to pray with you, please. Our great God, I come to you again. Thank you so much for giving us your word. Thank you for preserving and making the birth of our Savior so significant, so precious and beautiful in your word. Thank you that the shepherds become a great illustration to all of us that you're not looking for the mighty, you're not looking for the best dressed or the one with the best job, you're just looking for sinners that will surrender to you. I pray that you would get all the glory, even tonight in this place, as we celebrate your birth, Christ.